Coming up in this episode of the Super Pessis Roundup podcast, we continue our previews of the Group C teams. That's Yonsu, Kite, and IPV in the men's, and Lapua, Senyu, and Milo Yusit, and Mailataret in the women's. Plus, we also have our first interview of the season with Ali Arvi's captain, Nestori Ulisisala. That's all coming up on this episode of the Super Pesis Roundup podcast. Welcome to episode 38 of the Super Pessis Roundup podcast. I'm your host, Ian Albert, and joining me, as ever, is the guru on all things Pesapalo. It's Mikko Pirhonen. Mikko, how are you doing? I know that I keep repeating this thing over and over again, that now it really feels like the season is getting near. I'm And I'm not just talking about the games in Fuengerola, but uh, the like the season overall and uh yeah it's uh something that feels distant uh feels more and more distant every year in the winter time to be honest but come april and here we are like uh i <laughs> i would be ready for the season to start tomorrow yeah well obviously when this uh, podcast will go out. We'll have already had the Fuengirola, um games, um, so we won't be talking too much about uh, the results because we don't know them at <laughs> the time of recording. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's great that you know spring's definitely here. The the season's just about to start. The annual tradition of excited teams posting pictures of their uh, their pitches without any snow on them um has been uh, doing the rounds on social media so it's it's really great to see um yeah back in back in spain um to start the season a nice little tradition that we've managed to uh keep up are you are you looking forward to the games in a sense I need to be honest about it. I think that it it is a tradition that is uh, that I'm definitely not against that, and I don't think that a lot of people are. Uh, I think that I mean I'm tipping my hat to Yanni Valkeapa who came up with the idea and went through with it. Uh, back in the day and we are able to say back in the day now because it, it's been it has become a tradition and of course it's good even though it's springtime in Finland people get a, like a break in Spain and to actually good level games but still I think that those games are a bit of a side product uh, in a sense 
and uh, but now they are they are available on free channels uh, like everybody can get access to those games so that's good and uh, well Pesapalo will get a lot more exposure in that sense throughout the summer so in that regard I'm definitely all for that in Maybe I would be even more positive if I would be in Spain, but, uh, <laughs> but I just came back from Asia, so I'm not complaining. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I I know I know what you mean. Um, it's it's good to have the season just around the corner. It's it's literally just about to start um, for us as we record this. Um, interesting games, interesting matchups. Not the most uh, high-ticket uh, games to see, but they'll be interesting um, to watch. Um, a couple of uh, things in the news recently. Whilst we're talking about training and and the uh, the lead-up to the season, I've uh, noticed that uh, Yon and Sue have uh, packed their bags and they're off to Greece as part of their uh, training uh, program. In fact, the uh, Hamina women's team are already there, um, so they'll be, uh, I believe, in the same facility. Um, it sounds like it's more of a, a, a complete package. This this idea of the the facility, it's more more suited to the needs of the the teams that are going. Um, that's the positive aspect of the the story, but. Uh, the the suggestion of going and doing the heavy drinking sessions um, in Athens, perhaps the less attractive. Um, Mika, what did you make of the story? It was telling the truth. I mean, it's a part and parcel of uh, what teams have been doing and uh, will continue to do. And by that, I don't mean the heavy drinking part. I was just I was just my my point was that uh that I was just telling it he was just putting it out there that they are training professionally at the at their training camp and then they are going to Athens and completely like uh switch off and uh spend time together for a couple of days and uh, have like yeah I mean it's it's everybody's choice how how heavily they are drinking or something like that but it was it was surprising that he was so open about it but at the same time I found it refreshing so it's uh Making something out of nothing for me, really. It's still like three, four weeks before they play their first game. And during the season, that kind of thing doesn't happen. So, yeah, that's my take. Yeah, well, there there are extremes, one end and the other, that you can see in in sport. Um, uh, one of the 
the extremes away from uh, from alcohol um, in Australian rules football, um, players and and uh, and coaches get really heavily um, penalised by their teams if they're caught drinking at all uh, anywhere near the season. Um, but then you go to the other end of the the spectrum, and we were talking about this um, before we recorded. Um, in terms of cricket, one of the other the other things that uh, that, that obviously I follow, um, famously you've got um, Freddie Flintoff um, from uh, from his England days uh, out at the World Cup on a pedalo, um, <laughs> um, heavily intoxicated. So you know, there's 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 extremes, but what's being suggested here is is just uh, letting off a little bit of steam, I suppose, before the season really gets anywhere near to starting for them. Um, the other story that's uh, that's brewing at the moment, um, Miko, you were talking about uh, some trouble for uh, Taco, um, possible uh, legal action against them. What's happening there? It was in the headlines recently. As we are recording this, it was in the news uh, that Perico Rantanen, the uh, coach who was supposed to be the assistant game manager and the coach of the team, was was fired. Uh, his contract was terminated. And uh, because he wouldn't agree to mutual termination of the contract, it was in the end it was one-sided, and uh, he and his representatives uh, they didn't find it enough basis for that. So that's like in a nutshell. Yeah, well, I rather hope that the courts aren't going to be flooded with uh, claims against game managers, former game managers, assistant game managers, and so on and so forth as the summer goes on. Um, but it's another one of these these things that it's it's a frustration to see it. But what's really a concern is how this is going to impact on Taco throughout the season. Now, we were talking before we started recording about this, um, in particular having uh, lost their game manager from last year, who had done tremendous work to really bring this this uh, this vibrant atmosphere uh, back uh, to Piccola. And now we're seeing this sort of strange transition, um, almost going backwards with the team it it has the potential to completely unravel for for taco this season doesn't it it does in my books it does uh, you never know how off the pitch things uh off the field things will affect the teams but things like those they tend to have some effect i mean even though it would, this actually happened a while ago. So it's not like even though it's in the news now, the the team has like they have proceeded with their daily work and um, their practice is good. Like they are practicing as per usual, and their preparations are going on as per usual. But 
uh, it's never an op optimal situation and uh, the players are human the, the organization uh, the people who uh, attend the games who go to the stands and uh, that's my I, uh, I have two things that I'm actually a bit worried about is that the unconscious subconscious uh, effect that it has on the team that does it and unravel the team do, do things actually go south for them because of this and or is it a factor in that sense and the other thing is that like you said they were able to create this vibrant atmosphere and bring back the proud like like the pride that they had in Hubinka, the Tarko is the thing is a a thing once again does it affect it because now we are talking about a player who was there in the glory days i mean he was the he was the pitcher when they won the championship in 2007 so he's like uh, he he's a bit of an icon over there so there's always like many sides to the story so they're the news stories um, I wanted to talk about. Um, we'll take a very short break because we've uh, had our first interview of uh, the season so far. And that was uh, with uh, Ali Arvi's uh, captain, Nestori Uli Sisala. So join us after the break for that interview. Joining me now on the podcast is our first special guest of the season. He's Ali Yarvi through and through, having played uh, with the team throughout his career. He's seen both the highs and the lows of the club during his time there. Last year, he won Player of the Year for the Men's Urquispeces League, and has recently been confirmed as captain for the team now that they've returned to Superpeces. It's Nestori Uli Sisala. Nestori, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So, how did you start uh, to become in, uh, involved in Pesapalo? Uh, well, it goes way, way back. I think um, I really can't remember the age. Age really. My father played uh, in the highest level, level before, and uh, my uncle also played in the. The super basis. so uh, that's one one reason and of course the city of Alajärvi a pretty pretty small city or town and uh, Pesapallo baseball have always been the uh, number one sport in Alajärvi so I think it was quite natural and uh, I don't know I just as a kid I've always loved uh, all kinds of sports but and tried tried to play many different games but 
Pesis was all, always the number one and uh, it just stayed with me pretty much the whole of my life. As I mentioned at the uh, start of the interview, you've uh, been with the club throughout your career. What's your most memorable moment of your career so far? Uh, well, there's a few. There's a few, I think, um, when, of course, playing in the junior leagues and as a kid, it's, I think, almost, always really memorable, but we didn't, um, uh, we didn't have that great teams any years and it was more more something like playing playing with friends and having fun than uh, winning or or doing well com- competitively but um, of course my first super game uh, in 2013 was against Bimbeli at the at the Kitron stadion in Alajärvi it was quite a memorable game I was only 17 years old old back then and it's one. Then I've only managed to beat Wimbley once in the in the men's leagues, and that was in 2015 in the Saari There were something like 3,000 people watching, and we were, of course, the big underdogs in that game, and managed to beat them once. So that was very very memorable. But I still have to say the last years. Game five against against Hamina in in Kitro. It was just something that I always kind of uh, waited and dreamed about of of winning something in in Alajärvi and it hasn't been mm, really close even to be honest. But last year was so so different. So I have to have to say the last year's promotion was was the one thing. Well, you touched on a little moment ago about how important Pesapolo is to Alayarvi. And of course, you, your local rivals, uh, Vimpoli, are, are the current champions. So we know that the region is, is very keen on the sport. But how important is it for Alayarvi for the team to be back in Super Pesis? Uh, well, of course, it's, it's really important. And I think that uh, we as a team, but the club also... We needed to find ways to improve and develop our uh, our ways of how to do everything. To be honest, I think uh, of course it's a it's a tough thing for the backgrounds to get the financial financials uh, to, to the level that it needs to be at Super because I think it's really it it it, it is really different comparing to the ykköspesis, I think. Um, but I I really like that um, we have a really good good uh, coaching coaching throughout our junior teams and the the we we move a lot of kids in Alajärvi and for those kids it's pretty pretty nice thing to have the the team at the highest level you really can so i think it just it makes everything bigger and uh, and brings something like a new spark spark again to the whole whole club and for the for the kids also so and i'm i'm hoping of course we have a strong comp, comp, uh, 
and tough opponent in the neighbor as the Limbeli. Limbeli is really good, good team and organization, but we have something, you know, to catch up with and try to maybe copy some things from there because they are doing some some really good job. So so maybe that's something that will also help help us getting to the next level now that we reach the super emphasis. Well you you talked a moment ago about the, the little spark coming back to Ali Arvi with that, that promotion. Of course the club were relegated in twenty nineteen what kind of challenges did the club face after that relegation? Uh, well, there there were were some really big big challenges. Of course, I think the most important thing was that maybe the, almost every people left the club: uh, players, coaches, uh, background staff. So we really needed to make make the whole culture and uh, basically everything from from the start there were some young players that have a, so a B, B junior team won the bronze medal in 2019 and the basically whole team and the whole backgrounds were built built uh, along with that core so we have yeah new coaches coming in um players basically all the local local boys in 2019 when we entered the first year in Ukkospesis and and all the background people also were were pretty much new so it was really tough challenge and i think the one important thing was to keep the uh, people in Alajärvi and our sponsors really interested in pesapallo because it it really uh, fell off a cliff in that year, I think. And but now, when you look at look at after afterwards, I think that we managed to do good job. You know, the uh, promotion took three years, but I think the whole um, culture really went went a lot better than the last years last year's in the superpasses so um so yeah basically we've we've uh, had to do, do really really big changes in all the all the areas of the of the team and club well it was from starting all over again from uh from scratch uh now back up to superpasses and uh, Getting past some very difficult opponents in in Pesis last year, obviously Olan Lipo was uh, was favourite um, at the start of the season. So we know that last year was a great year for the club, but it was also a great year for you because you won the uh, Player of the Year award that I mentioned. Why do you think last year was such a great season for you? Oh well, I think uh, many things and many pieces just fall to the right right spot i think um i've i've been doing this this thing for a pretty long long already as i mentioned earlier i think uh, i've done my super persist debut uh, 10 years ago that wow that sounds <laughs> sounds a long time but 
so I I already have quite a lot a lot of experience uh, about playing and training and and everything. And last year was just I think we just found a very good way to play our game. I think it was clear to me what to do when I was uh, at batting or or doing the attack game or outfield playing the defense. It was pretty easy because I always knew what it is expected from me. And then it was just to do the things uh, as good as I could at the game. And and yeah, I, I'm not really sure if there is uh, one specific thing that made it just better than the others. Of course, I'm always try to improve myself uh, as a complete player. I think I I like to do pretty much every, everything I can to help our team. So maybe <clears throat> maybe that has helped a bit to to get that achievement. But but of course our whole team was so we played very well the whole year. I think not not many uh, bad bad periods in the summer so that that already also helped 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 a lot and i just en- enjoyed playing basis didn't worry too much and tried to go with the flow and it it eventually ended up with good results well you were one of the top teams throughout the season last year and and really looked like the main competition for uh, all on leadball um but of course, Lippo were knocked out by Hamina in the first round in the playoffs last year. And then we reached a point where Ali Arvi were on the brink of losing that championship. When Hamina won those first two games in that final series, it must have been very difficult to stay positive. How did you and the team find a way to get back into that series? <clears throat> well, of course, it was... Uh... It was a tough situation, and when you are looking at back, looking back right now, and as you said it, said it, I think it sounds harder now than it sounded then because I think we need to go a little bit more back because the series against uh, Kuopio Puyo was also really really tight, and we were in tough situation in that game also, or that or that series. And we we st- still had our bad moments in the in the summer, but we we were really strong mentally. I think throughout the whole whole year, um, when we had the bad games, we really stepped up in the next game and showed that that was only a one bad bad game, and we can do better. Um, in the Hamina series, the well, there was one specific player that we were not able to handle, and it was Tony Laakso. And uh, in the third game in Alajärvi, we uh, see or saw that uh, Tony was having maybe some injuries, and he wasn't at the condition that he was in the two two first games. And maybe that was the little spark that we needed and tried to tried to raise our spirits and and talk before the game that 
Tony isn't maybe at his peak today, so so we are we really have a chance today. And of course, there was tough moments in the third game also, only decided by the last bat of the game. Mm. Really tough moments in the game four against Hamina, really close of losing that that game also. But then I don't know, maybe the game five when we entered the the final deciding game in Alajärvi, then we maybe thought that now is our time. And and um, Hamina dropped, their, their uh, level of game dropped tragically, I think, after the four, four first games. And maybe the big thing with that was the, that Tony wasn't able to play, play at the uh, highest level anymore because of those injuries. And... Uh, because he was just so big part of the both attacking and defense uh, game of, of Hamina. But I think we just didn't stress or, or try to not to overthink. When we had, were down to nothing, we just thought that, okay, let's go and try to do our best again and try to win the game to the one, uh, final whistle. And if we lose, then we go against Koskenkorva. And not, not to think, think too much, and that worked for us. So we just went, went and played and enjoyed, and that worked. And when that final whistle blew, Aliyarvi were the winners of that series, and, and you, you gained your promotion. How did it feel? when that game ended, when that whistle blew? Well, I think it's a bit of a cliche to say, but really empty, really empty. I I mean, the last couple of weeks were pretty hectic. Uh, lots of games, lots of travel, uh, lots of tough games, important games. Really, really stress your mind and body. Uh, I just... I was so tired. I I remember I just fell to the ground and first thought was, oh God, it's over. <laughs> I can I can uh, recover a bit now. But yes, of course, something I've been uh, I've been waiting for all my my playing career. As I said earlier, I haven't won won anything in any any stages of my my career or my life and. Uh, to first of all to be able to play those really meaningful games, those really tough championship games were so so good feeling and then of course winning it all with the friends friends with uh, that I have been friends or known with the people of pretty much the whole of my life and uh, local local boys and as a as am I a local boy coming from the small town it, it's all of course, a very, very uh, tough to put to words, but of course, I'm. I was really, really happy, and I was in the team that got the club re- relegated last time. So maybe that brought a more, uh, even more joy to this promotion, because it, it felt really great. Your first Super Pesis game was against uh, Vimpoli, your your debut 10 years ago now. Well, the start of the season is just around the corner and your first game of the season 
is against Vimpley. And in fact, your last game of the regular season will be against Vimpley as well. We've talked about how close um, these two uh, places are. How important would it be to take some points away from those games or even a win? <clears throat> well, of course, as I've said earlier, earlier, it's a, it would be something to remember for the rest of your career, I, I think, because first of all, that the team in Wimbley and the club at the moment, the level they are, it's just, I think they are above the all others uh, coming into this, this year also. I can't find many weaknesses in their game. Um, especially in the first game, I think it's really good place for us to show to ourselves and to uh, and others also that we can can compete at this level. Uh, of course, to be able to win that that takes a really lot from us, and maybe maybe it needs that we believe wouldn't be at their best but of course the first games of the season are are the best places to get those points and we will go go to Saarikent and try to do our best and and of course take the win win out of there the last game is so much can happen during the regular season so I I don't really want to think to to that right now but the first game, I think we need to really, really load ourselves and be be ready to challenge them because it would be really, really important to to show them and to the others and to ourselves that that we are ready and we are ready to ready to make some uh, impact in this league. So, looking ahead for this few, um, this season now. What are the team's goals for this season and, and how has the team been preparing for its leap up to Superpaces? Well, you know, the the goals, you can have so many different goals. Of course, the may, minimum goal and what we need to do is stay up. That's the first thing. But as a team, we all also want that play those meaningful games games because we have the experience from last season so we do want to make the playoffs and uh, i think that the uh, playoff playoff system next year was it something like 10 teams go go to the first round so that would be really tough but something i think uh, or, or a challenge that it's achievable if we just mm, find the ways to play our best game. I really think that we have the potential to be there. But as I've said, the, the most important thing is to is to make sure that we are uh, in superpasses also the next the next summer. And we've been trying to improve the things in our game that we know we already are good at. So as I said earlier, we have a good, uh, a pretty simple system to play. Uh, we have the same team basically as, as last year. We know where we are good. We know what things we need to improve. And we've done that in the, in the winter and in the training season. So I think 
and looking at back now, we had good exercises and good training sessions in uh, last weekend, and uh, I think we are we are improving and take take those next steps from last year. So it's it will be really interesting to to see what what's the level that we are able to reach. Well, we've seen a lot of um, steps forward from from Urkespesi. So over the last few years, the level of the teams at the top has increased. Um, so hopefully that gap between the two leagues will have uh, tightened. Um, Nestori, thank you very much for uh, joining me on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you and good luck for the season. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, welcome back after that interview. We're now diving straight into our previews and we've moved on to our Group C. So first off, it's uh, Yoen Su. Um, Miko, I'm really interested about this uh, group of teams for the simple reason that I I can't quite place each of them as neatly as I can with some of the others. Um, Yoensu, I think they've made some moves forwards. Obviously, uh, Patrick uh, Walston's uh, gone. Uh, it's left for Gola. Uh, and we saw the long-awaited um, signing for uh, Yoni Rutkinen, who uh, obviously signed, I think it was about two years ago now. Um, so his departure from Saltkama was well known. Um, we've also seen uh, Ironokala and Juho Haklin um, from uh, KPL as well. I saw Hacklin as a bit of a spare part for, for KPL in the, the season last year. They didn't really know where to fit him in with things. He, he ended up going to IPV, played for the Urkaspesis side as well. Um, we talked about the difficulties that Yoensu had last year. Lack of like game leaders, you know, players who could really take the game by the, the scruff of the neck. Yoni Rutkinen can do that if he stays healthy. What do you make of uh, Yonsu's chances, Miko? I think that they are definitely strengthened, like stronger than last year. Uh, definitely, uh, like, what well, the outfield is like. That is a different matter. We can discuss about that. But as far as uh, uh, scoring runs and uh, having runners in the team, having different kinds of... I mean, the those three players that you mentioned, they, they all have one thing in common, that they are known entertainers and, like, colorful figures uh, on and off the field and that has been also like something that has been pointed out that did they like did they sign artists or players but I think that in the best case it could be a bit of a both like best I um uh, best of both worlds, but 
it's not that easy as we all know but now so far what i've seen from them i would say that they are not as gray gray as last year and the one thing that i'm really interested in is that are they the kind of Jekyll and Hyde team that they were last season that it's a it's a bit of a like what what kind of Yoma will stand up that's that's the question uh well we will probably go to the uh well the details later and the predictions about but i myself i have a pretty clear picture actually where to place them well like you say they they've got this <laughs> this history over the last couple of years of playing very well and then all of a sudden just losing games that they really should be winning and and they they don't look great in those games either um it was interesting to see them knock out Sotkamo last year. Sotkamo seems to be uh, a, a team that they can beat and do beat fairly regularly. We talked about this in the in the playoff episodes last year. Um, for me, this is this is what makes this team so hard to to really predict. I think that they could be as as high as third in the regular season. Um, and probably as low as, as fifth, maybe even sixth. Um, it all depends on on what uh, what's going to to happen. Uh, are they going to be this this Jekyll and Hyde type team where they play great one one game and then the next it's it's appalling? I rather hope that that's disappeared. And we talked about maybe there was something difficult within the setup of, of, of how the team was uh, was being run at the time that was that was adding to that. Um but Miko I say somewhere between third, fifth, add a push sixth. What's your thoughts? The third or fourth I wouldn't like I think that now they have 15, 16 quality players at their disposal because uh, they also have these uh, youngsters coming through who are ready to make the step even this year. So it was uh, kind of, for example, the Nokala signing, even though he's a skillful player and uh, might be a valuable part of the team. Uh, they were, there have been some noises around the team, like in the, in the end. So that why, why did they do that? Because now there are some 16, 17 year olds, uh, who went, who won the championship last year in their own youth, uh, class going undefeated the whole season and so so you 
at some point you're gonna have to give them a chance but uh, and at the same time K, uh, KPL is going to like they got uh, they they have a plan like they get they got rid of Yannicki uh, Bipelt and Johan Hocklin, some experienced uh, players in... Well, obviously, Nokkala left too. So I see that in, in regular season, Johansson will be at least fourth. And then it's uh, down to what happens in, like, in terms of injuries and... Uh, me like games between teams from second to sixth or seventh. So those those are the big factors, and of course the games against Kita, which is like a big thing. Well, speaking of uh, Kita, we'll move on uh, to them now. Um, a seen departure from a couple of. Uh, Key names, uh, Jesse Iskelenin uh, went to Tarkom, uh, Mika Timonen uh, to uh, KPL's Urkespesis uh, side, Hannes Pekinen and Elmeri Purmanen have also gone, uh, both to Sotkamo. Coming in to the team, uh, we've seen a couple of players from uh, Koskon Korva, uh, Otto Kaupinen and Akuketinen. Uh, we've also then seen uh, Pavel Pelto from uh, Patioki and uh, Jona Lehtinen from Senioki. Interesting signings, a few few sort of holes appearing from, from the players that have left. What concerns me about this side is, are they starting to slip away from the other seven teams that were ahead of them in the table last year, who all seem to have made um, some big steps forward or were already quite far ahead of them? The big question is that what is their position in the in Superpasses overall? Because the strategy that they had in place say two season ag- seasons ago was to race like rough diamonds like uh, Purmoren and Pekkinen and who are like players of their own and the players of the highest caliber or the highest talent talent level and losing them and even though they can be replaced by players from other sides and they are still a good team but it's uh it's a worrying sign for me to have that strategy and then start to lose your own those those own players those own like academy products so to say uh that kind of well yeah you then you throw your plans to trash bin altogether and uh, start from scratch but well this year there will the the picture situation improves dramatically for me and that may save their season in a way 
in a sense. But but yeah, uh, that is a legitimate question that where what is this team and what is their future? And especially when I compare the sort of strategy of the the development of the team against a team like Kempele, their strategy is, has been very clear and they've built very, very well year on year. I, I can't see Kite keeping up with a, a team like Kempele at this stage. Oh, I think that if you would have a poll on that uh, over 90% of people following Pesapalo would agree with you and the rest 10% would be from Kite so that's <laughs> so that's the take and uh, as I uh, <clears throat> well Few people actually know that, but I was uh, I was a season ticket holder uh, at the age of six, and my whole family comes from the region, basically. So even though I'm a, like a Johansson <laughs> product, that's like uh, I always have a soft spot for them. So. I would wish to see a different kind of uh, direction, but I have to agree with you there. So, the question, I suppose, really, is not so much whether they can leapfrog anybody, go ahead of anybody uh, in the top seven, but more so whether they will stay in eighth. Now, they've got a, a decent chance to stay in eighth, but it's going to depend on how the results fall, obviously, but um, keeping healthy is going to be key. Obviously, you mentioned the pitcher situation as well. Um, Miko, do you see them keeping hold of that uh, that number eight spot? Yes. And that's because I have a, like, unfortunately, I do have a hard time of saying, like, it is possible to see that somebody like, overtake that eight spot and dropping like get that dropping out of playoffs uh, it is also possible that they would get into top seven in some way but uh Maybe it's because of last season. I've been thinking about this a lot. That why is it so, like, it's like casting stone that everybody's saying that they will finish eight. It's like it's never seven. It's never nine. It's always eight. And the worrying part of me is that when I take a look at the chasing pack and take a look at their rosters and this team should have if should they stay healthy but we we have to go with that assumption by uh, as of now uh, 
I would say that they have more quality than the chasing pack, but less than the ones who are predicted to be in the top seven. Yeah, I, and and I think that's fair. That I'd, I'd agree with you on that. So from agreeing, we're going to go to a team that we had a conversation about earlier this week where we didn't necessarily agree, um, and that's IPV. Um, IPV, a uh, fair few moves for them. Um, Sasu Ivarinen's gone to Alayarvi. Um, uh, we've seen uh, Konsta Hurtelainen go to Mansa. And then we've also seen coming into the team uh, Nino Morovirta from Hamina from last year's Urkespesis. Uh, uh, Matthias Kalpinen from, again, Urkespesis uh, from Lohi. Tommy Pirainen from Kempele. Poor old Tommy Pirainen. We'll talk about him in a minute. Ville um, Veko Olli from Koskan Korva. And Ate Brandt from uh, KPL, who played mostly on their Urkespesis side. So a lot of Urkespesis talent <laughs> coming into the team. It does make you wonder, is this team really at the level of a competitive Superpesis team? Um, Tommy Pierreinen has been here, there and everywhere, almost across... The, the country the last few years um, was with Sotgomo, he's been with um, uh, Siliarvi and uh, Kempele as well so he's, he's been bouncing around a lot now he's found a, a home in Imatra so do I like the chances for this team? No but do I think that they could break into the top eight? I I do actually, <laughs> and that is where we have uh, have differed on this. So, Miko, your thoughts? Why won't IPV make the top eight? Because of the overall quality of the team and their ability to play on a high level, high enough level, day in day out. And I think that we are too caught caught up with the fairy tale season of two years ago. They have become a stepping stone club where players play one or two like breakthrough seasons and then go to a uh, then they go on to bigger teams, and that every year they're best players are taken away and then they uh, they have managed to like to patch up uh, the team in a sense but this this year's teams really team really seems like a bunch of like like emergency patch ups if they, if you can if that makes any sense but uh, what what I mean is that it it is a collection of players that you just had available. It is not the team that you would necessarily want, and that doesn't mean that they cannot play well. But and there's always a chance that they make it to top eight. 
but I mean the 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 odds for that for me would be that that is a that is a long shot. That is a long shot if there ever was a long shot. Uh, I mean, if I would be overdoing it a bit, I would say that they are not more than like they don't even necessarily need like major injuries, but just games of, like four or five games going against them and losing like not gaining enough uh, confidence during the season and they might find themselves in a relegation fight i think that they are closer to that than the playoffs well like i said before i i find it hard to play some of these teams but i i do agree to to an extent that um this is a team that it, it seems like there've been a lot of emergency signings. I've, as I mentioned, you know, a lot of Urkus Pesis, um players, and yeah, they they very well could be in that relegation fight. But for me, they also could be knocking on the door of of eighth as well. Uh, the players they've got, they they are pretty decent. Um, Muravirta was did very well in the very beginning of the season for Hamina last year. Ate Brandt, of course, as well, did very well for their Urkaspesis team. Tommy Pirainen um, has been a decent prospect um, moving around. If things go really well for them, and things go really badly for Kite, for example, <laughs> I think that, that they could find themselves in that playoff spot. It would be another miracle season, but I don't know. I'm I'm uh, I'm making a bold Ron Bronson type prediction uh, here on this. <laughs> that if there is going to be a team that could take the eighth place, um, I wouldn't count IPV out of it. Uh, but equally, I wouldn't count it out that they could be in that relegation fight. And that that's what is so interesting to me about this team. Yeah, and- Everybody would love the underdog story, and like you said, that well, Tommy Piranen actually played played for IPV two years ago when they did make the playoffs, and he did hit like fifty runs that season in twenty two games. So it's not impossible that those prospects act- actually like make their breakthrough season, and I actually value, for example, Villaveco only as a player. So it's an and they they have a pitcher who is like uh, he, it it's not gonna be up to him to Suraka if they if they have a like quality season, uh, but uh, but still, I mean that's what they are underdogs and. And I can I can also see that uh, we all know that the jump from the Ukespasis level to Superpasis is significant. And if I would if I take a look at that team and think that which players are Superpasis level and at their prime uh, at the moment as players. I can pick maybe three 
Rasmus Suraka, Mitre Pesonen and Villevecko Olle. And that's the end of the list. If I, that's it. And the, there's uh, maybe five, six others who can play uh, in Super Pesis and have experience there. But uh, there's too many ifs. Too many ifs to this story for me. Well, we'll see how it all um, plays out uh, as the season unfolds with those. Um, that's the end of the uh, men's uh, predictions for Group C. We'll take a short break and we'll be right back with the women's. Okay, uh, so welcome back. Uh, we're now diving into our Group C of uh, the women's uh, superpesis. So Lapua, um, Mariusit, and Maletaret. So Lapua first, Miko. We saw this team make some strides forwards a, a little bit last year, um, perhaps a little unexpectedly. Um, in terms of uh, movements, we've seen... Uh, Alisa Ilicortes Niemi at leave uh, for Vasa. A couple of players have left for for Urkespesis teams, and we've seen uh, Jota Kopala uh, from uh, Milo Juniorit from Kankampa, so prospect coming through, and uh, another player from from Olu Jota uh, Yorka. Um. What do, what do you make of Lapua this year? Um, I'm not overly Im- impressed by them. I think they'll, they'll obviously be doing well, but championship material, I'm I'm not so sure. What's your view? They are championship material. I mean... <laughs> well, that's our second disagreement in the week. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, this... This needs to be their year. This needs to be their year because basically nothing has changed. They have actually strengthened. If I take a look at like uh, players coming back from injury, they don't. Their pitcher has developed significantly uh, over the past two years, and uh, for basically every key. Uh, position in both batting and on the outfield they have they have top players for those and even though they have a new game manager he is the biggest question mark and if we take a look at the teams around them those that that is what makes it interesting because i can easily play place bigger question marks on like all the other top teams and I I mean I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if they win the regular series 
the regular season, to be honest. Because they are able to go on with the uh, process from last year. They don't have to struggle with things that the other thing teams are struggling with. They they might have a bit of a bit of an edge on this, and this is like like Ron didn't pay me anything for this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like that, but uh, if you're listening, just man, it's not. This is not out of courtesy. I'm actually, I actually believe in what I'm saying. But, but yeah, that is my take. Uh, and they, they are my uh, top two, at least. Oh. I, I know what you mean about the question marks because, of course, um, we talked about Pori um, and, and the question marks there. There are some question marks over Kiritaret. Um, Mansa, for me, are, are the are the clear favourites. I I probably put Kiritaret next, maybe Lapua third, and um, and Pori fourth out of that list. Um, but I I just don't see them. Uh, actually, in the championship and, and and being able to to beat a team like like Mansa over the the series, maybe I'm maybe I'll be horrifically wrong over that, but um, I I just don't see it happening. But um, it's it's going to be very interesting. Obviously, they've made those changes. They they're, they're making those steps forward um, over the last few years. Um. Yeah, we'll we'll have to can carry on disagreeing, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, uh, just to, of course, we are talking about Lapua here, but uh, just to, yeah, just to tell it like it is. Uh, if we take a look at the teams around, uh, the sheer quality of Pori that they have in the like. The first, like the nine players that they have on the outfield that should do it, like they they should have the best material, but they they are struggling, like with the outfield, and it starts with pitching, and uh, and if we take a look at Manse, two experienced season winners and well three actually if if and when we need to also count uh Senisallin in, in but Henna Peltokangas, Kirsi Alalipasti, some of the leaders of the team, some of the definitely the top t- uh players of the team uh retired and uh then when we take a look at Kiritaret, uh, I don't think there's been a team in recent history, at least, who would have lost so many championships in a single after a single season. Uh, losing Emma Kyrkö, Ella Korpela, uh, Ella Mäkelä. 
I actually counted that they lost uh, and and Susanne Oyanemi who retired. Also, they lost uh, the combined. Those players have four player of the season trophies, 14 championships and like 16 Italianci representations. So, and they are replacing those players with uh, players who have gone their youth ranks and are under 20 now. So they can do it, but it's like, <laughs> that is a stark contrast to where Lapua are now. So that actually, that's like, that is my, uh, <laughs> that is my case for Lapua also. <laughs> so moving on then to uh, Senio and Mila Yusit. Um, again, a few moves. Celia uh, Suriala uh, goes to uh, Pori. And we've seen uh, Linnu Durpela from Yoensu and Rina Korkiamaki from uh, Pori and uh, Yenni Matola from uh, Kula uh, coming up from from Urkespecies. Um, not Particularly sure where I'd put Milo Yusit um, this year. I sort of mid table again, Miko. I'm, I'm not sure that they've made the biggest strides forward. Well, obviously, losing Suriela is a big blow. She had a major season last year. Even winning one of the key individual categories. Uh, and uh, she's a magnificent outfield player as well. So, Lino Turpela comes, uh, she, and she has, like, played for Mylayusit before, and she comes to replace her on the outfield. And, uh, that is, like, well, that is that is a bit of a blow, and uh, unfortunately, uh, Reina Korkamaki tore her ACL and is out for the season. So she would have been like, like uh, not like a major major part. She's not, at least not yet. Uh, like uh, Italian level player, but uh, that is very unfortunate for them. But they have been, they have been fifth in the regular season, I think, for at least two years in a row. And la- last year they pushed Lapua down the wire in the playoffs. Uh, they played. Well, it went to Lapua 3-1, so it didn't go to game 5. But each of those four games uh, were like decided in Superboro or in the like the batting competition, Cotetus Lente Kilopalo. Uh, 
So those were like those were three less or four of those, and and it just made me wonder that there the choker Ainokasa uh, Mantere is there like she is one well she is the leading figure goes without saying a multiple champion with uh, with Kiritaret and uh, leader leader in the team and in those four games I think she she had something like 34 runs or something completely ridiculous and that was still not enough to carry them through to the top four yeah it was and that is yeah sorry i was, I was gonna say it was need. it was it was four home runs and 21 rbis yeah yeah, yeah 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 which is yeah. crazy so, yeah, to, yeah, yeah 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 in four games yeah and and they lost the series 3-1 so so what is enough i mean but uh they are a quality team uh and not they are not going to drop uh further than 6th at uh, the lowest getting to top 4 would be really important and they have some really talented young players coming through and in a couple of seasons they will have even more so the future is looking quite bright and but now some players some key players have they have like like treading water once again i mean they are just not moving forward enough to make it to the top four and that has come a bit of an obstacle psychologically and or at least that's what people outside the team think uh, but yeah i think that uh, getting into that top four would uh, bring more people to the stands and uh, that is the that is the best medicine for this uh, program that they are running but it is a quality program and they will have good results in in the next five years well like you say the the break into the top four seems to be a bit of a barrier for them last year they were 10 points different between Lapo in fourth and them in fifth. Um, again, like like you say, some some difficulties obviously with injuries and, and things as well already. Um, I probably see them as fifth or sixth. Um, could be touch and touch and go with Ferrer uh, from Rauma. Um, that then brings us on to our final. Uh, team from the group and that's uh, Mylatoret. Now there's a whole host of names coming and going uh, from the team so I'm not going to go through all of them um, but the key name really to mention is Venla Tanhua who was uh, a real uh, anchor for the team 
last year. She really uh, was the key focus for their victories, uh, in my view, as, as pitcher. Um, but she's uh, she's gone to Mansa. Um, Mikko, what do you make of this uh, this Mylatarek team now? <sighs> and that's my answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I th- I think that if you take if you take uh, like a number between seven and nine, and you just put it into some. Uh, well, pick your poison. I mean, it's like it. It can be anything. It can be anything. Uh, you mentioned Venlatanhua, and that is, of course, that yeah. If we are talking about the significance of of her, uh, I think that Emma Kurke is the only player who I would hold in the same regard in terms of how valuable she was to her own team last season. And losing her, uh, replacing her with a pitcher who was like, uh, well, let's just say that uh, she was in the, for me, in maybe in the in the rankings between. 10 to 12 in pitches she's young she can improve she i know about the training that she has gone through and i'm not like uh i'm not gonna give her too much of a hard time here but just telling it like it is and uh but i think that if we take a look at this team in like as a whole is uh, the thing is that those players have well, of course they have one thing in common uh, a lot of those players and it is that they have unfulfilled potential uh, at this moment and if we spoke about like team like IPV a team of ifs and so this is this is like uh, if we are speaking about potential and if she fulfills her potential well the chances are that all of those players won't but the chances also are that some of them will and the overall quality for me is that they will end up Basically around the same. They were seventh last year in regular season, and uh, if any of those, let's say two or more of those players in their ranks find their true potential this season, then playoffs need to be like a possibility. They are definitely a possibility. So, 
places between seven and nine. Yeah, I, I agree entirely. For me, with uh, Myla Taret, where they'll end up in the table is probably more dependent on how other teams cope in the season, whether they have um, better experiences or um, less challenges and problems, injuries, those kind of things. So, uh, like Tako, Yonsu, uh, Gampele, you know, they they were sort of there or thereabout last year, sort of vying for that number eight and number seven spot. Um, it, it's it's not going to take much for any or indeed all of them to overtake Mylatelet this year. But it, it's it's an interesting one. They could, like you say. St- be in seventh again. They've got some some great potential there. Um, there are equally question marks over the teams I just mentioned as well, of course, and that's what makes it so interesting at this point in in the table. Um, I probably have them in in eighth this year, maybe seventh. Um, I do think they'll make the playoffs, but it's um, riding on the uh, the success from last year. Um, really. But it needs to also be mentioned that the way that they play the game is, well, it's partially forced by by the material, but, but it's also partially, it comes down to the game manager, of course, that they're, like, in the beginning of last season, they were a breath of fresh air uh, because they they came to Super Pesis. They were not like uh, I don't even know how to phrase it, but they got some great results and they were like uh, straight out of the gate. They were playing against all odds kind of thing like high risk high reward uh, and that is what they continue to do in a way that they in the not so much on the outfield last season because that was like determined by the pitcher so much but um, they have to be brave to be able to score runs and when the opposition they scouted them more thoroughly and got those uh, options out they got a better hold of the team but not enough because they were still able to scrape it to playoffs and like uh, play a very good season but I don't expect their way of playing to change that much that they will no matter who they are facing they will uh come up with uh, come up with solutions and come up with uh, the kind of things that the so-called all the ultra modern game and the game managers would not if the if you are thinking about the odds and the long run and the long term, it's uh, probably not the way to play. 
but the beauty of the game is that you can play it in, in so many ways and still win. There's no, there's no one way, and uh, they are like a throwback a bit to to a couple of decades ago, but. That is only a good thing that there's not just one way to play this game. Absolutely, and and it's one of the things that that we love to see the the way that these things develop and and change as well, and new ideas. Um, at the end of the day, you know, if you're seeing the same things over and over again, it takes that kind of excitement out of the game. It's nice to see something fresh, something exciting, um, and that's what I I love about this sport you know as opposed to other types of games you know there's not the kind of different tactics and things as well um so that's our uh, previews uh, for this episode i want to thank my co-host Mikko Pirhonen. thank you uh pleasure as per usual <laughs> except for our mild disagreements it's been it's been uh, good <laughs> Um, we get it. We, we've got to disagree and because sometime. of because of those. <laughs> Sorry to yeah. Um, and uh, if you've enjoyed uh, what you've listened to, then please do like or subscribe. Even leave us a comment. We would love to hear from you. If you want to know more about me and the things I write, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at superpesisr or on Facebook. Or you can read the articles on superpesisroundup.wordpress.com. In fact, I'm hoping to um, start getting out my previews for all of the teams uh, this season uh, in the men's superpesis soon. You'll also see me writing from time to time on Hamina's uh, website in English as well. Um, so from me, Ian Alba, we'll see you soon. Hidden far away Don't be